ABC. Coming at you live on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the ABC podcast where I take modern dating and I disembowel it for your entertainment. Call-in number is area code 563-999-3596. 563-999-3596. Once again, welcome to the ABC podcast on Blog Talk Radio. I call it ABC's Modern Dating Advice Show. You know, today, I'm finally, after a few days of pushing it off, I'm finally going to get to why I turned on Dr. Laura. And I'm going to play a clip for you today. And the clip is seven minutes long, so it's kind of a lengthy clip. But it's indicative of why I turned on her. Because Dr. Laura, I've been listening, I've listened to Dr. Laura for the better part of the last 30 years. All right. I've always considered her a mentor. And I've always taken her, I've always taken the advice she gave people during the calls, during the call-in show, and I've internalized them, I learned them, and, you know, I adopted them into my own, adopted into my own, quote-unquote, pedigree, right? But because a lot of it made sense, and I read, I read her books, I read The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands, I read Ten, uh, proper care and feeding of marriage. I've read 10 stupid things women do to mess up their lives. I've read 10 stupid things men do to mess up their lives. Um, so I've read the books, right? She used to give really good advice. But I noticed lately within the last, like, I don't know, five years or so, four or five years, her, her advice has been getting increasingly, increasingly crappier. And especially in the last, I'd say, year, six months to a year, it's, I really noticed a, I think because I started listening to other people and getting their perspectives too. And not that I've like talked to, well, I've talked to people too, and, but I've been watching other channels and other outlets and I've been listening to other people getting a more rounded, getting a more rounded perspective on this thing called dating. And I come back to Dr. Laura and I've been noticing that I don't know if her advice just has been getting crappier or she's been, always been giving crappy advice and I just didn't know it because um, I was pretty new to the game when I, but I found myself, be, I found myself disenchanted with the advice that she gives. And the clip I'm going to play today is going to be indicative of that. So I'm going to play this clip. It's again, it's seven minutes long. So it's kind of a lengthy clip. It's kind of worth the time. And then I'm going to come back. And I'm going to tell you why this advice is so crappy and why, how it's indicative of the advice, because this isn't the only time that, because I've been going through the calls of the day on her website, this isn't the only time she's giving crappy advice like this to people. And, and the advice she gives to people is going to lead to a life of loneliness and cats. I'm telling you this right now. So we're going to do that today. But first... Catfish is one of my favorite shows. Now, too bad it comes on. Too bad it airs on a crappy network because MTV used to be all about it. The music it used to be all about the music. It used to be a great station, but since Viacom took it off, took it over, now it's about pregnant te- teenagers and guys in drag, and it's just crappy now, right? Catfish is still a good show, and the reason why I like Catfish so much is because Neve Shulman is doing God's work out there. He's really doing. He's doing a phenomenal job of airing and exposing fraudsters. He, and he's been doing that for years and years and years. It happened to him, and he vowed that after it happened to him, it wouldn't happen to anybody else. 
So um, he took a, he took on a partner. First partner was Max. I don't know what happened to Max lately, but he's been having other partners lately. Um, but he's been out there doing God's work with all around the country. And the man deserves an award for this. He deserves he deserves some kind of accolades. I don't know if he ever got the, the accolades he deserves, but he deserves a lot of accolades. I love that show. I watch that show. I watch that show when I can. I try to binge that show when I can, right? Now, as you know, I've been playing with AI lately. I've been writing stories and doing characterizations and things like that. And um, one thing that I did, and I'll tell you, and I'll I'll tie these two together in a little bit, but I need to tell you that on my Facebook, uh, one of my one of my Facebook friends, because I did I put up a picture. And what happened was I turned, I used AI and I turned Jennifer Lawrence into a Disney sorceress. And it was a really cool picture. It's a cool picture. It's, it's funny. You know, if you, it is, it's funny, but it's a cool picture because it looks like, it looks like a Disney CGI version of Jennifer Lawrence as a sorceress. If you go to my Facebook, you'll see it, right? Go to, uh, yeah, search me on Facebook. Find my page and you see it, it's, it's public, so you'll see the picture. A friend of mine suggested to me that we make Jennifer no, no, he didn't suggest. What happened was he he went on a rant about how Jennifer Lawrence was a leftist and a commie and blah blah blah. Okay, sure. And I think he suggested something about her being a conservative, and I'm like, hey, that's a good idea. Let's turn Jennifer Lawrence into, into a conservative. So I went back to my AI site and I make this chat and I made a screenshot and I went into the characterization parameters and I went to the I went to the generator and I I took Jennifer Lawrence and I made her profile picture with a red cap with a red MAGA cap and things and gave her a right wing activist kind of persona and then started the chat and then screenshotted the chat and posted it up there and it was really funny listening to Jennifer Lawrence about conservative views. It, it, it was good for a couple of laughs. But as I'm watching Catfish and I'm doing I'm, I'm doing a story at the same time because I have Catfish Catfish is like I I had it on the screen. I'm watching the, all of this on my laptop. So I have Xfinity Stream watching Catfish and then I'm doing the AI thing on another in another window. And suddenly a chill ran down my spine. Because I realized watching Catfish and doing this AI thing that AI is probably the next generation of catfishing. And it's, I'm not saying this to have people go out and do this. This is not what I'm saying. But what I need to have you guys understand is that when you're online dating and stuff, you really have to be careful because whereas Neve, Neve Shulman can do reverse he can do reverse image searches, trace images back to the origin, back to the profile of origin, contact the people whose profile that belongs to, get their get their take, and then go back and use these profiles. Um, they can query information from the profiles and then trace the profiles, trace the, trace the catfish picture back to the original catfisher using friends and contacting friends and contacting other contacts. Whereas Neve Shulman can do this the way catfishing is set up now, 
if AI hits, he won't. He's not going to be able to do that. Why? Because when you create a when you create an image of again a beautiful woman, go back to my podcast. Go back to I think it's like December first or December second when I talk about the women that I was was the women that I was able to create on AI. When you do that, there is no there is no social media profile to trace it back to. So you can legit make a you can legit make a pure a clean profile, have that picture on it, and then use that to catfish people outside of having other contacts to trace and all these other things. And it's very scary because there's nothing that Neve Shulman will be able to do aside from try to contact the direct. You know, I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that it's going to, it can take a lot more work, and it's, it's going to make the show a little more complex. But it just makes that and makes getting the catfisher that much harder. So AI is going to be AI is going to. It's going to complicate things when it comes to catching catfish. Um, let's just say that. Now that that's out the way, let's get on to Dr. Laura. So this clip that I pulled from Dr. Laura, again, seven minutes, kind of, it's a longer clip, but it's worth the time. It's indicative of why I've turned on her, because this kind of advice she's been giving lately to women who have ha- been having problems with their husbands. And my contention is women, when you're married like this, again, the the part that me and Dr. Laura agree upon, and we'll always agree on this, is women, if there's a problem in your marriage, you solve that, not your husband. And the reason why is because men are easy. Men are pretty linear when it comes to their wants and their needs. Women are not. All right. So women you need to take all of your complications and then use and then leverage and use that to fix your marriage before you think you even think about anything beginning with d right but i found dr laura has been getting away from that and away from that and away from that now she in this particular call she encourages the woman to fix it but how she tells the woman to fix it crashes the plane so I'm gonna play this. I'm gonna play this call for seven minutes, and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna tell you where exactly we, she went wrong. So here's Dr. Laura. This is cut. This is Dr. Laura cut. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the program. Hello, Dr. Laura. I'm calling and have been a longtime listener with a problem in my marriage that I don't seem to be able to resolve. Uh, when did the problem it show its ugly little face? Uh, probably um, since the beginning of the marriage. Seriously? While you were dating? Yeah. Even? Um, I decided that I would for, we would um, uh, not have sex before we got married. Um, and we did a couple times, and it was okay. And I thought, you know, with time, it would get better, and he would learn um, but that never really happened. And well, let me ask you something. Down. Where was he supposed to learn from? Thin air? Me. Me. No. Oh, so you, no, you schooled him, ma'am. So you schooled him on how to be a better lover for you. Is that correct? Yes, correct. And how did he receive the education? 
um, he didn't do anything I asked. And as when you as, queried as about not doing anything you asked, his response was? I never really get an answer. No, he said something. You guys did talk, and he said something. So if you would just share with me what he said. He didn't sit I there and just stare at you. I think he turns it back around on me usually and says that, well, you're not very interested in it anyway, so what does it matter? I think that's usually what happens. Well, that's what's evolved. You lost interest because you were not satisfied. That's understandable. But I'm talking about in the beginning when you first got together. I kept trying. I kept trying. I bought toys, I planned trips, I bought nightgowns, I planned little things, romantic little things to do all the time, little notes to send to him, and um, he's a wonderful man, and he treats me great. It's just this one part of our relationship. Well, there's no point in discussing this at this stage of life. Nothing's going to get better. So other than... You married this sort of semi-knowing and perhaps had kids and stayed decades and decades because he's a wonderful man. So in life, there's a trade-off. You're not going to get everything you want out of one person or out of life in general. So that part is a given. It's not going to happen. Okay. So give up and stop being frustrated. Let it go. Obviously. Okay. What's the point of staying frustrated? No point. I don't appreciate it very much. No, of course not. Now, do you masturbate? Yes. Yes, I do. Okay, well, I cut a little lot down. Yes, and I'm sorry. What? And often when when we do have sex, that's usually how I satisfy myself. Got it. Okay, well, at this point, that's the pattern. And as long as you think he's still a very wonderful man in all these other areas, that's it. Okay. I mean, if we had to trade trade off, give up being a wonderful man because he's a great lover, I I think you wouldn't make the trade. (laughs) I think you're right. I believe you're right. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I have a lot to be thankful for. Yes. Okay, well, thank you, Dr. Laura. You're very welcome. Appreciate you talking with me. Well, I have a question. When you masturbate, do you use vibrators or any of this sort of stuff? Never could get them to do that for me. Interesting. Or the, yeah. Did he go into any counseling to understand his discomfort? With all of that? He's had counseling off and on. No, um, I mean for sex therapy to understand, to understand this. No. No. Okay, well, here you are calling me. I gave you a perfectly good answer. Now I'm going to give you the one I'd rather you do. Okay. I've been married to you for, for about four decades, sir, and I have accommodated your unwillingness to be a good lover for me. And I have accommodated you sexually 
you complain that I don't show interest. Well, why would I show interest when you don't go out of your way to please me? It doesn't seem that it's meaningful for you to make sure your woman is pleased. So here's the deal. No more sex with you. You go in for sex therapy. I'll go in with you. We can go in together. Not marital therapy, not psychotherapy, sex therapy. If you don't do that, then it's going to be a dry rest of your life. Wow. But you're a very good man, and I'm a very good woman. So if you can live with me being a very good woman with no sex, I've been living with you a very good man with minimal enjoyable sex. So it's your turn. That's what I wish you would do. I can do that. I'm at that point where I can say those things. Good. So you're not asking him to change. You're telling him it's over. Okay. Yeah. I think it is. I don't want it to be. You can't think it. You have to make a statement. The way we have sex is over. Okay. I got a vibrator. I don't need you. (laughs) I don't need you. I got a vibrator. And I don't want to be just a warm place for you to put your penis. No, I want more than that. So sex therapy it is, or no sex till after death. I have no idea what that means. My number, 1-800, that's what I prefer you did. All right, I should have warned you beforehand about the content, but I just said it's a PG-13. But again, my fault, I should have warned you. I'm pretty sure the content came as kind of a shock to some of you guys. And again, that, that was my fault. I should have, I didn't warn you about that. That was one of the things that I forgot to do. But um, the, the advice was crappy, all right? And this is indicative of what, she, what she's been, this is indicative of her output lately. And I don't know if it's something that I just came to realize. She's been a road that she's been going down lately or she's always kind of been on this trajectory, but, and I just didn't see it just because I didn't have such a uh, rounded understanding of these kind of issues. But that advice is going to lead that woman to live a lonely life of cats, because what's going to happen is she's going to, and again, I'm going to go back and I'm going to address the, I'm going to address the call from the beginning, because there was a couple of things that Dr. Laura missed. And she should have picked up on it. She had picked up on it, just like a, just like I think the last show, the last show when I went through the advice columns, and I said, look, if you if you pick up on the little things, then you'll be able to, um, then you'll be able to actually fix the problem, and not just put a bandaid on it, right? What this woman is going to end up doing is she's going to end up telling her husband that, and her husband's going to be like, okay. And then he's going to go out and he's going to get somebody that that pleases him and that he's going to end up pleasing. And she's going to be she's going to be so burnt up that he went out and cheated on her because of because of her lack of tact. And then she's going to end up getting divorced. She's 60 years old, probably has probably has kids. And anybody with the reason why I tell married women, especially if you're married and you're past 40 and you're thinking about getting divorced, don't do it. You better. You need to. Again, men are linear. Women are complex. Women, you need to take your complexity and use that complexity to fix your relationship. Because if you if you think that you're gonna you're gonna end that marriage and get something that's better than your husband, 
you're delusional. That's just it. You're not going to get anything better than your husband after you divorce him. That's that. It's mathematically impossible. So again, she's going to do that. Her husband's going to end up cheating on her because the he because of her demands. And I'm going to go back. And I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell you where she crashed her own plane. But um, she's going to take that crashed plane, make demands on him that he's not going to want to. He's going. He's not going to want to meet. He's going to. Find somebody else that's more to his liking, and then he's going to do the thing with her. She's going to end up divorcing him because of his infidelity. She's going to get back out on the market. Nobody's going to want her, and then she's going to die alone. She's going to die alone. That's just it. All right. Now, let's go back through the let's go back to the finer points of the call. Doctor Laura didn't pick up. I don't know if she didn't pick it up on didn't pick up on it, or she heard it and she just didn't care. But she asked the woman what she asked the woman. Okay, what where was the what was the recipient of it? Where where did this problem start? And she said that she decided not to have sex until marriage. And that, from a religious standpoint, is an honorable thing. Actually, from a moral standpoint, that is an honorable thing, right? Because marriages have a higher chance of succeeding if people don't sleep together before marriage. Now I'm not saying that that is that is the the panacea, but um, again, they just have a higher chance of succeeding. She did. She kind of did the right thing there. But when she found out that they were sexually incompatible in bed, the one thing Dr. Laura missed that was that was that should have been the the siren lights going off and the red flags and the ding 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 is that she asked the woman about what well, did you tell him. You tell him what you like, and she's like, yeah. And then, and she's like, well, what do you say? And she couldn't answer. And the reason why she couldn't answer was because she didn't listen to her husband. The reason why she didn't listen to her husband was because she never asked her husband. She never did. She she never went to her husband and said, babe, um, here's what here's what we women like, or here's what we we love it when you do this. We love it when you do this. It feels it feels great when you do this and when you do this before we even jump into sex. This is this is kind of how this is supposed to go because it sounds like he's kind of inexperienced too. And if that's true, and there's just some things that you want him to do, then you let him know. But you let him know in a way that sweet and educating. Hey, this is this is what I found that I like. This is what I found that I like, and I like when you do this, and I like when you do that. I don't quite like when you do that, but I like when you do that. So keep that up, right? And then pretty soon he's going to start matching. But the fact that she told, the fact that she told him, and then came back, he doesn't. She didn't know what he said, and then turned and then turned around and said, "Well, he turns it on me," and blah blah blah, means that she didn't come at him from a lovingly educational. She browbeat him, baby. You don't do this, and you don't do this, and I'm not satisfied. And blah blah blah. And you're, and then the man's like, "Well, hell, what do you what do you want me to do?" At that point, it becomes defensive, right? So she crashed her own plane there, and Dr. Laura missed it. And because Dr. Laura missed it, she turned she turns around and tells her to get him into sex therapy when all she needed, all she really needs to do is go back to her husband and then listen to him. And not only that, ladies, let me let me tell you this about men, all right, especially if there's incompatibility in bed. And I actually let me let me ask you. Do you ever even ask a man what he likes 
or is it all about you? Because this phone call, it was all about her. Well, I I did this. I do the romantic gestures. I put on the lingerie. Ma'am, that's all for you. Did you ever ask him what he wants and what he likes? Or did, did you just do a bunch of things that you thought that you thought would improve things according to your own metrics and it didn't work because you're working off of your metrics and not his. You see, Dr. Laura did not pick up on that. And I and I noticed that during a lot of these calls of the day, she misses those things. She misses those little those seemingly little things that are actually big, huge, big, huge red flag buzzer siren like kind of things, warning lights going off. She should have picked up on that. Because if she had picked up on that, then she would have came at she should have came at her from the direction of, well, did you even you didn't listen to him? How, why is it that you don't know what the man said? Because when I asked you what the man said, you went blank. You don't know what he said. Why not? Why don't you know what he said? Why didn't you listen to him? And then if it's a thing of where well, he turned it defensive, he turned to defend. Why did he turn to defensive? He turned to defensive because you came at him. Browbeating, browbeating him and not asking him what he wants. You browbeat him about what you need and not ask him, uh, asking him what he wants. That's why he got defensive. I'm telling you, ladies, men are very linear. If you come at him one way, he's going to come at you. What he's going to come at you that way. He's going to, um, he's going to reciprocate that energy. All right. You ask him, baby, what do you want me to do for you in bed? What do you like for me to do? What do you like when women do? That's number one. Number two, another big thing that she didn't ask, when that she absolutely should have, and she missed the opportunity throughout seven, eight minutes of that call. I had to edit the call for content because there was like there were embedded ads in there, and you know I cut out the ads and then. But the call, the call pretty much, the call was the call. So the way you heard the call was the way the way the call went down. I just edited the ads out of it, but um. She had she had that seven minutes or seven eight minutes to um, to ask her. Okay, ma'am, let's ask you a couple of questions. Well, let me ask you one question since this is a sexual incompatibility issue. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Actually, there's one question that I need to that I need you to answer. Height and weight now versus height and weight when you got married. Height weight dress size now. Height weight dress size when you got married. That is a big thing because. When there's sexual incompatibility there, and it sounds like with this particular relationship, it may not have mattered just because she, just because they got married, and well, it could be because if she was, if she was not physically what he was attracted to, yet decided to marry her anyway just because he figured she was a good woman. And then turn, she turns around and browbeat him. That's kind of that's kind of turning him out to a bait and switch. But um, physically, what she if she physically what she she wasn't what he wanted. Then she should have stepped into the marriage. She should have figured out that there's a sexual incompatibility issue and asked him if there's something about her that's not that's not physically that's not visually appealing to him is what is what I want to say. You have to ask. You have to ask that if there's a sexual incompatibility issue, ladies, you have to ask your man that. Is there something? Because remember, men are visual, right? So if there's a problem with the man, with your man, the way your man has sex with you, you have to ask him if there's something about you that's visually that's visually not appealing. 
all other qualities notwithstanding because he get, he married you for a reason. However, the reason why he, there's sexual incompatibility is because there's something visually that's off. So, again, you have to ask him, babe, is there something about me that you don't find visually appealing, which is the reason why we're not having sex the way we should. And if and you don't come at him from an insecurity standpoint, you come at him from a genuinely curious want, wanting to change something about you standpoint so that your sex life gets better. And if you do that, he will tell you, well, babe, you've gained a little bit of weight. Well, babe, you're not doing, you're not doing with your hair what you, what you used to do, or you're not wearing the perfume, or you're not doing this the way you used to. Now, um, there was a different call that she was on, and maybe, maybe I should have brought that too, but it was, it was another longer call, um, where she told a woman that, where she told another woman who was having a problem with her husband that, hey, you used to do all the things, you used to do the things to catch him, right? You put on the perfume, you made sure your body was on point, you made sure your clothes were on point and your hair was on point when you went, to, when you went out to date him to, to be able to get him to marry him. Why are you not doing that now, right? But this is the same thing. If she was, if she was a bigger woman, and let's say he likes, let's say he like, he doesn't like bigger. He likes, he doesn't like any. He doesn't. He he's not attracted to BMI over thirty one, right? And let's say twenty nine. Let's go back to my show and the show that I titled about it of twenty nine. Let's say he doesn't like anything over twenty nine, which is what the average, which is the high end of the of the average woman, right? When you're 30, 31, you're getting into obesity, right? So let's say she was 29, 30, BMI 29, 30 when they got married. She punches out a kid, it goes to 31. She punches out another kid, it goes to 32. Maybe they had three kids and it went to 34. Now, him not being really attracted to her at 31 because he likes 29, then after she's after she gets from 31 to 35, you think things are going to get better, especially when she's like, well, you need to accept me the way I am because you married me like this, which you didn't, you literally didn't marry. He literally didn't marry you like that. He married you when you were 31 and you're now 35. I'm not talking age. I'm talking BMI. So again, that's that again, that's a level of delusional thinking on the woman's part. However, you needed to do that. Because you needed to do that. You needed to ask that question. A lot of women don't like to ask that question because they're scared of the answer. You can't be scared of the answer because the answer is a changing point for you. It's a self-improvement point for you. But since a lot of you women don't think that you need to improve yourself, that your tens, no matter how big and old you get, then the sexual incompatibility issues continue. Now, it doesn't sound like from this relationship that's what's going on. I'm not sure what's going on in this relationship, but I'm just addressing all I'm just addressing all the factors that I can think of. Next is the next question she should ask was, is this man pre pre ejaculate? Mind the language, but this is something that needs to be addressed. Is this man a pre ejaculate? Does he suffer from premature ejaculation? If that's it, then the woman's lack of patience is a problem. And the woman, and she needs to she needs to actually empathize with him, and that in that case, sex therapy kind of would be a good thing. But what she needs to do is she needs to go to her own therapy to get over whatever it is that that's making her 
shame him for not being able to please her because he is a PE. You see, everything about that call screams that there's a problem with that woman. And she's telling the woman that the problem was with the man and that she needs to directly confront the man. If the problem's not with the man, the problem's with the woman, and she goes around making demands, of course he's going to turn away from that. Would you want to, if, if you were a man, would you want to live with that? The fact that you, the fact that, A, you're, you're really not attracted to her. She's making you have, she's making you have sex with her. You're not really feeling it. And then when you don't perform, she shames you for it. That is a problem with her. And then taking all of those dynamics, turning around and saying, if you don't do this, there's no more sex. He's going to be like, great. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is why I say the advice was crappy. She's going to be, she's going to take that and she's going to, she's going to make that demand. He's going to be happy that he no longer has to have sex with her. And then he's going to turn around and go have sex with somebody he's actually attracted to because he's a man. He can do that, especially older men. If he's the one taking care of her financially and all the bills and stuff, and he has the money, he's going to take some of that money and show another woman, a younger woman, a hotter woman, that he's a provider protector, and then she's going to fall. She's going to fall into that, and then they're going to do what they're going to do, and then the wife there, the one who called, is going to be jaded because her husband is now having an affair with this woman who's fit, friendly, and feminine, who's giving him what he wants, who's giving the sex life that he wants, who's visually what he's looking for, and he's going to be doing the thing with her. She's going to want a divorce. She's going to get divorced, and they realize that she's not getting anything that was better than what she left, and she's not going to want that. No, no other man is really going to want her because she's 60 years old. She's, way, she's not good for really much more of anything but than browbeating men about not satisfying her. And then for Dr. Laura to turn around and say, well, I have a vibrator. I don't need you. That throws fuel on the fire. Because when you tell somebody that you're browbeating and you're shaming about not pleasing you, that you have a vibrator and you don't, and you don't need him, that's fuel to the fire. That's really going to turn them around and make him go for somebody else. Because that, that other person, that other woman is going to come and say, you know what? You're such a great guy, and it sounds like he is. She, from all for, from all other angles, she admitted that this guy is a great guy. It's just he doesn't satisfy her in bed. So he's, she's going to take that energy. She's going to make that demand. She's going to make that statement that she has a vibrator. She doesn't need him. He's going to turn around and say, great, use your vibrator. This, and he's going to turn to the woman who actually tells him, you know what? You're such a great guy. You're such a great guy. And... Let's let's do this. Basically, I'm not going to go into things that they say, but um, they're going to she's going to be like, you're such a great guy. You know, I'm really I really find myself attracted to you. And she's going to be fit. She's going to be friendly and she's going to be feminine and she's going to like him. And they're going to go and they're going to start sleeping together. And there's going to be Dr. Laura's fault for the reason why. That man is having an affair with that other woman, despite Dr. Laura. Saying despite all of her um, rants against having affairs, she's going to end up causing an affair in that marriage. Just because of the advice that she gave this woman. And again, it's indicative of the advice 
that she's been giving people. I listened to another, a few days ago, I listened to another call of the day, and I think it was from like three weeks ago or something like that, where she's actually, she literally told a woman to divorce her husband because he detached from her and her and her um and her special needs children without asking without asking and if you go through the calls of the day you'll hear this she did not ask why the man detached because the wife didn't know why the man detached she never asked her husband why he's detaching she just calls dr lawrence and my husband's been detached for the last like what 10 years or something like that something crazy but she went through and she said, well, I have special needs kids, and he goes to work, and he man works like 40 to 50 hours a week. He comes home, and he's like, he's detached. And the reason why he's detached is because once the man comes home, she starts in on him about taking care of, about his, about his taking care of the house and taking care of the kids. And why is he not paying attention to the kids because they're special needs kids? And it's like, as she told him, that man, since the man detached and since the man is detached from the special needs kids, she needs to divorce him. That is the worst advice I have ever heard besides this. And I can't even say that's the worst, but that's up there, right? With some of the worst advice I've ever heard anybody give anybody. It's up there. Um, why would she tell him to divorce? Why would she tell her to divorce him when there's literally the woman's like 50? I think she's pushing 50 if she hasn't made it already. And um, she's been married to the man for like 20 years. So why would she tell her to divorce him, not understanding that there is nothing out there for that woman except a life of cats and loneliness? Because, again, no man is going to want that. No single man that's worth his salt is going to want that woman. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this. I'm spitting, I'm spitting truth here. No man worth his salt is going to want that woman. So she's going to divorce him. She's going to think that some man's going, to, some other man's going to come along and sweep her off her feet, and it's not going to happen. She may get a lot of people who want to get in her pants, but not commit to her. It's indicative of the. It's indicative of the advice she's been giving to people lately, and I found myself. I found myself saying, hey, Doc, 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 step back. Why aren't you asking the important questions? You used to be all about getting the perspective of men. You used to be all about that. You used to be all about women fixing their relationships by getting the perspective of men. And now, all lately, and I don't know how long this goes back, but lately, this is the advice you've been giving women? Advice that would actually ruin their lives. So, wait a minute. Let me let me let me just put the bug in your ear. I I got twenty minutes to put a bug in your ear. So let me put a bug in your ear. Wait. You're married, right? Let's say you're married, and you you get married or you're already married, right? But whatever the case may be, you have a ring on your finger. You have a good man. Something's wrong with something is wrong with the relationship, and you find yourself wanting to blame the man, right? First of all, please go to your man and ask him what the problem is. And don't be like, you did this. What's your problem? No, don't do that. You go to him and ask, and you sit down with him and you say, babe, I noticed there's been a shift in the force. What's going, what's going on? Is it me? Is there something that I need to do? Is there something that I need to change? 
And and don't be scared of the answer. See, a lot of you women are scared to ask the question because you're scared you're scared of the answer. Because you're scared that the answer is gonna knock you off your little delusional little totem pole. Stop. Fumble yourself. Come down out of the clouds and ask him genuinely, hey, is it me? Is there something with me? Is it something I'm doing or something that I'm not doing that causes this shift in the relationship and the marriage? And he'll either say, yes, this has been going on, or he'll say, no, it's just I've been stressed with this other thing. A lot of times it's stress from work, and you don't pick up on that because you don't care. You don't ask him. Hey, is there something going? Is there something going on that I need to know about, or something going on that's affecting you? So, because there's been a shift, there's been a shift in the force, and I, I I picked up on it, and I just want to know if there's something that, if there's something going on that maybe I can help with, or maybe that I can alleviate for you, or something, right? If you come at him like that, then he'll open up to you. He he will, especially if it's something with the job. He'll sit down and be like, you know, babe. Things things at the job haven't been going going the way I expected. And I don't know what I don't know what the future holds, or I don't know what's gonna you know things like that. And then that's your time to show that you're to prove to him that you're a good woman, and you support him, and you comfort him, and you be his port in the storm. But a lot of women don't don't do that because they're afraid of they're afraid of what the answer is going to be. They never think about things that they never think about external forces. They always they always think that it's something with them and that whatever the man says is going to knock them off their high horse. You need to get off that high horse yourself, right? Now, if it's if it is you and the problem, the problem, you're generating all of the problems, and you have an inkling that you can say that, then you sit down with him. This is how you do this, all right? You sit down with him. Again, take yourself off that high horse. Get out of that delusion that you're, that you're doing everything perfectly. And you sit down and you say, babe, I noticed that there's been a shift in the force. You don't have to say shift in the force. I just love Star Wars, so that's just, just the, that's, that's the phrasing that I use. I said, you say, babe, there's been a shift in the force. I want to, and I, I'm genuinely curious. Um, is this, did I cause this shift in the force? Is it something with me? Am I not doing something? Or am I not something that maybe I used to be that you don't see and I'm not anymore? Or, you know, what's going on? If it's me, tell me what the problem is. Tell me what the thing is with me, and I promise I'll try to change it. You do that, and if it's your problem, if it's your fault, he'll be like, you know, babe, yeah, you know, um, and promise him you won't judge him because that's the next thing. You sit down and you ask him, you ask him that, and if he says, yeah, you gained a little weight, and then you want to get up and say, well, you married me like this. Uh-uh, uh-uh, don't do that, all right? Because you're missing out on a golden opportunity to improve yourself. No, don't do that. You sit down and you say, babe, is it, you're asking, babe, is it me? Is it, am I not visually what you want? Or am I doing something that's causing you some kind of an, some kind of angst? And if you said something like, yeah, you know, since you put the weight, since you had the baby, you, you put the weight on and, you know, you haven't really taken it off and it's not, it's not really my cup of tea. Then you take that, you internalize it and you say, damn, my husband's not attracted to me anymore because I gained weight. Let me start losing weight so he'll be attracted to me. That's what you do. Then you get your fat behind in the gym. 
you work out, you lose that weight so that your husband will be attracted to you, and then you get your sex life back on track. You don't say things like, well, you need to accept me as I am because you, when you married me, you said it would be for better or for worse. Like, what kind of crap is that? For better or for worse does not mean anything, does not, does not reach into your, um, your physical appeal changes. That's a, that is not what that means. That means if something happens and you lose a house or you lose your fortune, you stay together. If something happens and, God forbid, you, you lose a child, you stay together. If you build a fortune, you stay together. That's what for better or for worse means. It doesn't mean if I get fat, then you need to accept me, and you need to accept me the way I am. That's not what that means. But a lot of women think that what think that's what that means. That is not what that means. For better or for worse means that through life's more tragic situations, you will stay with you will stay with each other and support each other and help each other through. Gaining weight is not that tragic not that life tragic situation. Gaining weight is temporary. Y'all act like it's permanent, but it's temporary. Likewise, if he says, you know, like I like I told Michael when we were together, hey, and the way the way she came at me, I fired back at her, you know, because ladies, the energy you give men is the energy you're going to receive from men. So she came at me, and I told her, look, I already have a mom. I don't need a second mom. I don't need you to be my mom because I already have a mother. Ladies, like I told you, I think it was yesterday or the day before in the show. When I read the woman, when I read the letter from the woman who felt like she was the guy's mom, just don't don't do the matronly thing. If he comes home from work and he drops his clothes on the floor or whatever, don't browbeat him for it because the man comes home from work and he drops his clothes on the floor. So freaking what? This man is working so hard to make sure that your life is comfortable. Pick up his clothes and put him in a hamper is really not rocket science. It's not. Don't browbeat him. Talk about you feel like his mother because you're picking up after him. Realize what this man goes through on a daily basis and then help him with it. Be there for him. If he drops his clothes on the floor, who cares? Leave the clothes on the floor. Who cares? His clothes on the floor. Damn. What the hell? What the hell, right? But even if he says, babe, I just feel like you've taken on a more matronly or a more motherly role. And it's just something that I'm not into because, you know, I'm doing my best trying to take care, trying to take care of things. And I feel like you're getting on me about little inconsequential things. And it's just, it's just doubling my stress. That's not the time to tell your husband everything he's doing wrong because you feel like you're being defensive. Get out of that defensiveness. You use that and you listen to what it is he's saying. Like this caller on Dr. Laura had no clue what her husband said because she didn't even listen to him. She didn't. She tuned him out and then expected him to change. That's not the way you go about doing things, ladies. It's just not. You listen to your man. And you listen to your man's criticism of you. And you take that criticism and you change what it is he's criticizing about you. He's saying that about you because deep down it's true. And you know it's true. You know it's true. That's why you get defensive. Don't get defensive. If you know it's true, change it. What is the problem? Do you think that you're so perfect you don't have anything you need to change despite this man saying that there are things you need to change? 
Is that literally your thinking? Yet and still, we have these women who browbeat their husbands, and then when their husbands fire back, the real problem, they don't listen. And then when their husband turn around and they find somebody else that's more to their liking, then the women, woman wants to be upset that her husband's out there cheating. When all she needed to do was listen to her husband, do the introspection, do the emotional heavy lifting, change the problem, and then keep rolling with a better marriage. I don't understand how that became so hard. This is how your grandparents made it, made it 40, 50, 60 years of marriage. This is how your great-grandparents made it through 40, 50, 60 years of marriage through the Great Depression, through the Dust Bowl. This is how your great-great-grandparents made it 40, 50, 60 years of marriage, migrating from the East Coast, wagon training all the way to the West, and they, they're still together. That's how they made it. Somehow, yet and still somehow, you modern women don't think that the things that they did to make their marriage work apply to you. Yet, you still think that because you're strong and independent, you deserve a traditional man, a man that will, that will provide for and protect you. This is, your, this is literally your thinking. You need to get out of this. You really, really do. And again, like I say, pick a camp. If you're going to be strong and independent, prove it. Don't ask for a traditional man. Resign yourself to paying your rent and paying your bills and, and paying your car insurance and whatever else that you pay on your own. Resign yourself to paying that. And then resign yourself to finding a man that's not going to pay that for you because you're strong and independent. Again, men that are financially, men that are financially set, they have to face the world on their own. You being strong and independent should be no different. The family route, then take the family route. Be there for your man. Be there. Support your man. And then ask your man if there's a shift in the force and you, that you pick up on in your marriage. Is there, is there a change in the energy in your marriage? Go to your man and you ask him, what's the problem? Is the problem me? Yeah, it may sound a little bit insecure, but you know what? It's a valuable source. It's going to become a valuable well of information. And you take that information that comes out and you change you. Now, if you, change, if you take that information and you legit change you and the marriage still doesn't work out, then the marriage doesn't work out. But at least you can hold your head high knowing that you learned something valuable, that if you do get divorced, again, if you do get divorced, I don't recommend it. I recommend you do whatever you do to make that, whatever you need to do to make that marriage work. It's not up to him. It's up to you. But if you do find yourself divorced, you have to resign yourself to the fact that you're not going to get anybody better than your ex-husband. And so you shoot for somebody who's on your ex-husband's level or lower. You find that man, you take all of your changes, implement it, and make, make a better marriage for this next man than you had with your ex. That is how you keep yourself from living a life of loneliness and cats and dying alone and having and your cats having dinner until somebody finds you, finds your cat eating body. Women, it's really, really, it's, it's seriously not rocket science. Relationships seriously aren't rocket science. Um, it just takes a bit, it just takes introspection when introspection is needed. It takes change when change is needed. A lot of times you get with these men because they're good men. You marry these men because they're good men. 
And then when the when there's a shift in the relationship, all of a sudden the man's not good anymore. Well, no, it's not that the man's not good anymore. It's just that something happened and the man doesn't see you and your man doesn't see you the way he used to see you. And that's hard for you to handle. I get that. That's hard for you to swallow. But it's necessary to understand that nine and a half times out of ten, when there's a shift in the force in your marriage like that, nine, nine and a half times out of ten, it's you. It really is. And this isn't me hating on women. Again, this is me being concerned because a lot of women don't think that is them. They don't think that they do anything wrong. They just think that the shift in the marriage happens because the man is out there doing something and he's not. Not yet. See, from the time you get that gut feeling that something's going on and somehow you're losing, you're losing, somehow you're losing that, that you're losing that man. From the time you get that gut feeling, that gut feeling is a clock. And once that clock, once the alarm on that clock rings, that man's going to step out. But that clock, as long as that clock is ticking, you have time. You have time between the time you get that gut feeling and the time that that man actually steps out. You have time to fix things. And it's on you. It really is. So, ladies, once you once you get that feeling and that clock starts, sit down with him, figure out what the problem is and what it is that you can change to bring him back. Just like the lady who whose husband detached, she should never have told him to divorce that man. She should have told him, look, sit down with your husband and ask your husband. Take your husband out to dinner, pay for it, while you're at the table, get a nice private booth. While you're at the private booth and the candles are lit and stuff, you ask him and you get him a steak dinner, take him some wine. Once he finished the wine and his his brain is loosened up and he's willing to talk, you ask him, babe, there's been a shift in the force. I'm telling you, this works. Take him out to dinner. Take him out to the steakhouse. Roost Chris, I, if there's a Roost Chris by your house, take him there. Otherwise, if there's a really good steakhouse by your house, take him to that steakhouse. Get him his favorite cut and a bottle of wine. You drink, you eat that steak, you drink that bottle of wine. By the time you're finished drinking that bottle of wine, he's going to want to talk. You said, while you're sitting down there and the table and the candles are lit and he's good and buzzing, you ask, you tell, you ask him. You sit down and you say, babe, I need to talk to you. I feel like there's been a shift in the force in our marriage, and I want to ask you, what, where's the shift in the force coming from? Is it me? Am I doing, am I doing something? Or am I not doing something? Or am I not, is it something like I'm not visually appealing? What is it that's caused this shift in the marriage? Now, you can, you can give him examples. You can cite examples without accusing him of anything. Just cite examples. Like, you know, feel like we're, not, we're just not doing the thing in bed like we used to. Or I feel like you come, you just want to come home and, and you don't want to you don't want to engage with me or you don't want to engage with the kids. You just want to be alone on the computer or on your PlayStation. And I've noticed that this is a change from the way things used to be. So I want to know what's going on. Is it me? Am I doing something? Am I not? Am I doing something? Am I not doing something? Um, have I changed visually that you don't find me appealing in you? What's the issue? What, what's wrong? What can I change? to Bring this back on track. And then when the alcohol sets in and he starts talking, listen to him and listen to everything he's saying. And you take everything he's saying, you make mental notes. You just don't let it go over your head. You take it. You literally take mental notes 
and all those mental notes, you use all those mental notes to change, and you make that marriage better. Ladies, that is how it's done. Thanks for listening. Um, you can catch me every day here on Blog Talk Radio, 11 to 12. I do this, I do this daily. Saturdays, I go from 4 to 6. So, again, if you're on Blog Talk Radio, you can bookmark this page, or if you're, if you're a member of Blog Talk Radio, you can actually follow me, and you'll get the updates of when I, when I post shows. You can also catch me on SoundCloud. I, I upload the higher quality audio to SoundCloud because I, I record this using Audacity, and my Audacity is actually it spits out higher quality audio. So I upload that to SoundCloud. So if you're on SoundCloud or you can get to SoundCloud, find my show. It's um I think it's Jesse R one or something like that. But just search me Jesse Ramsey and you'll find me Jesse Ramsey ABC. You'll find my show, and then you can follow my show there. I'm also on Facebook, so you can follow me on Facebook. I'm gonna I'm. I'm still back and forth on whether I want to take my campaign page, but I'm not campaigning anymore. And I probably won't campaign for office for another couple of years. So I'll probably take my campaign page and turn it into my radio show page. And I'll post all of my radio shows to that page, whether it be on Block Talk Radio. I'm also on Apple Podcasts. So if you have an iPhone, go to Apple Podcasts. If you want to hear more of my shows, if you think I give great advice, then follow my show. Then you can actually um, – yeah, you can actually – Subscribe to my show. It's absolutely free. You'll get all the episodes either on Blog Talk Radio or on SoundCloud, one of the two. On Blog Talk Radio, um, ABC's Modern Dating Show, on on um, Apple Podcasts. If you see the ABC podcast, that's a higher quality audio from SoundCloud. So you can subscribe to so you, you, you can subscribe to either of those. So that's it. I'll be back tomorrow. Um, we're doing this again. Saturday from four to six, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to expound on, I think it was a couple of the show from a couple of days ago, where I talk about women who ruin good men. And then on Saturdays, I do, I do, I go through singles profiles on these dating apps and I give you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and that's it. Thanks for listening. I'm ABC. I'm out. Go out and make the dating world a better place.